In life, we make choices. Shortly after Rossi Cha landed in America, he strapped on a football helmet and put the war and devastation that had defined his early childhood behind him. Rossi would go on to play in high school, college, and with the ranks of the semi-pros before taking to the field as a coach and official. From the peewees to the pros, Rossi has been sharing his knowledge, triumphs, and struggles with the next generation of athletes for over 20 years. His story not only embodies the American spirit, but also serves as a reminder that our past does not define us, but rather that our choices and our perseverance truly shape our destiny. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, Good. how's it going? How much? Just got home for practice. Oh, did you? Man, you, look, yeah. you look like a football coach, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you got the look. Yeah. It's hot out there? Uh, it's getting chilly tonight. Hey, we oh, where are you from? Low, low seven. I'm from Boston. Boston? Okay. Well, I'm, I live 15 minutes north of Boston. Man, you got the Boston accent going on everything, man. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like... You know, you wherever you live, you catch one. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. You're actually different from mine too, even though we speak one language. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's like a hundred degrees here. We're in Chicago. My my son's football. Oh, they had to cancel practice. It's it's a hundred degrees. Jeez. Yeah. It wasn't like that when I played back in the days, man. There's no such thing as cancellation. <laughs> nope. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They've uh, they've I'm eased glad, up. I'm glad, I'm glad I found you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for reaching out and, and you know, and, and getting on, man. We love this. You know, we always we want to showcase, you know, athletes or like people in athletics of, you know, that they we don't hear from, you know, like Southeast Asia. Yeah. We hear maybe boxing, right? Uh, right. Uh, Muay Thai, yeah. Muay Lao, um, soccer and, and, you know, maybe some badminton, you know, the call. Yeah. But you just don't hear like, you know, um, our people engaging in sports like football or you yeah. know baseball wrestling we have, like we had some loud wrestlers on um, oh wow so, that's awesome yeah you know you being a coach that, that's the first for us so we're definitely definitely appreciative of you coming on so. no problem man i mean i enjoy coaching man it's, it's, it's the best thing to do it's the best time of the year right now is the fall yep yeah yeah we're all loving it yeah. getting ready for yeah. football yeah. season I can't wait. Yeah, football season is coming up, man. It's just something. It's just something about September, you know, Labor Day weekend, and then yeah. first game kicks I, off. I don't know if it's big where you guys are at, but I mean, we're we're okay over here, Massachusetts. All right, depending on the school where you were. Man, you got the Patriots, man. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm not. A, I'm not a Patriots fan. That's the thing. No, uh, I'm a Niners fan. Okay, I love my Niners to death, man. Even though at time where they suck, at that time they were great. I'm still a yep. fan, regardless. Yeah, oh, they're, they're great. Yeah, that's cool. Well, great. Well, hey, man, we appreciate you coming on. Co, we'll go ahead and kick it off. All right. Hey, welcome, guys, to another episode of C4 Podcast, C4, Southeast Asian Athlete Achievement Through Adversity. My name is Coach Indetka. I'm here with my co-host, Sean Messina. We have an awesome guest uh, on today that I'm going to – you know, let John introduce him. You know, first off, if you guys haven't already, please like, share, comment. Um, you know, support the page, our Facebook page, uh, Lao American Sports, Lao American Sports on Instagram, um, C4 
on Facebook. Uh, it really helps, you know, just bring awareness to the podcast and, and, and really to be able to hear these amazing stories uh, from an amazing, not even athletes, but people, you know, so we don't get a lot of, you know, recognition from Southeast Asia. I was just talking to uh, John and the guests earlier on. It's just like, you just don't hear um, us being involved in at, in athletics, like football, baseball, pro wrestling, um, you know, bodybuilding, you know, so it's, it's really uh, UFC fighter. So it's, it's, we're out there, man. You know, we just haven't been heard. All right. So without further ado, I'm going to send you over to my co-host, John Messina, and he will introduce our guest. Yeah. A couple quick announcements before we jump into the interview today, we continue our small business shout outs. If you'd like for your business to be mentioned on the show, DM us today. We want to give a shout out to Ty Sawati in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. They have two locations there, phenomenal food. They actually have a secret Lao menu. I know it says Thai, but it's actually a Lao restaurant. Um, so you can get all your favorites there. And it just happens to be owned by the family of Stephen Insig Sigmai. He was one of the athletes that joined us at the Sea Games in Cambodia, one of the swimmers. So his family owns it. So if you're ever in the Winston-Salem area, please stop by and check out that restaurant. Another quick shout out. We wanted to give a shout out to PS Print Shop in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. They printed up these very high quality Team Laos wow. shirts for our, for our team and our fans in Cambodia at the Sea Games. Um, they did a phenomenal job. So small shop, uh, locally owned, uh, incredible pricing, quality, service. I was a little concerned because I had to order them from overseas from here and have them waiting for us when we arrived in Cambodia. They were perfect. They made sure the order was perfect. So if you're, do they have a website? If people, do they have a website? They, they don't have a website as a small business, but if you want their contact information, if you're over there and needing to have anything printed, embroidered, et cetera, please just DM us. We will get you the contact information Great. because right. they're, 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 they're awesome people. And they do, a, they do great work at a, at a very affordable price. Even if somebody wants to talk to them about maybe exporting to the U S they'd be awesome to, to discuss that with. So with that, we are going to jump in. We're excited today because we're about to kick off football season. My son's team gets back on the field this Friday night, um, and we have a football coach on to help us with that. He's also got an incredible story. These are the kind of stories I like, kind of a your regular everyday guy, but with just a really cool story, doing cool things. That's what we like to have and highlight on the show. So we're excited to have Rossi Cha on. So Rossi, why don't you start um, – First, introduce yourself, uh, let everybody know your full name, and start with the backstory of your family coming from Cambodia. Uh, my name is Rossi Chow. I'm uh, from Boston. Actually, 15, about 15 minutes north of Boston. Uh, yeah, my family came over here from uh, Vietnam, actually, in 1986. And, I mean, I, I saw everything, too, at, uh, you know, crossing the border, living in the uh, refugee camps, and... It was a long, scary process of getting here. Uh, you know, I, as a kid, you know, you don't want to see dead bodies or the mangled bodies, decapitated bodies. The body part was everywhere as we're trying to reach our goal or our destination, which is Thailand. And, you know, and then from Thailand, we went to the Philippines, you know, try to get our, paper, our paperwork process through there. And then eventually we came here. In '86, uh, I mean, it, it was as as a young kid. Like I said, it's a it's a crazy world to see 
you know, trying to, you know, your parents work so hard to, and, and dedicate themselves day and night, just trying to, you know, make sure we're, we're here safely. And it's a, it's a great opportunity to, to be here. Um, so how old were you when you came? Just so people kind of get an idea. Well, I know a lot of back in the eighties, I know a lot of, um, parents would lie about their kids age so they can yeah. go to school a little longer so my mm -hmm. parents did that so technically i'm three years older than what i am but here i was i would say i was 10 and so my parents backtracked me three years younger so i was like seven and okay. i was like you know I, I was i was bigger than some of the kids in the classroom and uh <laughs> when i was in the when i was in the first grade you know, they're like, "Wow, you big for seven. I was like, Ugh. "I can't," I, you know, I can't say anything about it. That uh, you know, I mean, Cole, you probably know the I feeling. Like it, was, it was opposite for me, man. I was like, "Man, you're so small." <laughs> that was the smallest of class, man. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, back in '86, we came here from uh, from the Philippines, um, straight to Boston because we have families here. Like my uncle was living here before we got here to Boston, and um. You know, I didn't grow up, grew up in uh, my city. I, I live in Lynn, Massachusetts, and like I said, it's uh, about 15 minutes north of Boston. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, racism was was big, and, you know, and um, uh, you know, racial child, yeah, um, racial profile towards the Asian was big too. Because yeah, oh yeah, all, all, all the Asian was they were all their gang members, they gang members, you know. And I went to a different route where I don't want to be in the game. You know, I was like, I want to do something about, about it and, and change the image of, of you know, that racial profile. Like, all, all you know, back then, like, late 80s, early 90s, you know, cops see a bunch of Asian just chilling or whatever. You know, they were like, oh, you guys, you guys in the gang, you guys in the gang, you know, even though we're not. But, uh, I picked up football, man, through um, this girl I was dating at the time when I was in seventh grade, eighth grade. And, she, you know, she kept saying, you know, you're, you're, you're fast and you're big. Why don't you use that to, to do something better instead of give the image of maybe Asian kids with a game of, and, you know, I being, being, you know, I'm like, no, nah, no, no way. I'm, no way. I'm not going to play no sports. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not that, that type of kid where you're not going to tell me what to do. And, you know, being, uh, then I gave it a try. I gave it a try. So she's like, go see the coach. You know, I was playing, um, I played Westland Park Warner back in uh, 1990. You know, she's like, give it a try. Go introduce yourself to the coach. I was like, no, no. And then what she did was she went to talk to the head coach and say, listen, you need to talk to Roz. He's fast and he's big. And, and from there on, I I, I brushed him to. I was like, man, leave me alone, man. I, I don't want to be bothered. You know, being an arrogant kid, I was, you know, at that age, and you know, think I know it all and stuff. And and then he was like, watch, why don't you give it a try? If you don't like it, by going, me by going. I was like, God, right, I'll give it a try. Came to practice the next day, man. I took a big hit. I didn't know what to expect. I was like, oh, can I swear there? Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> all right. I was like, oh, shit, what the fuck you hit me for? And I got mad. No, like, you know, the, the coach was like, oh, no, 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 that's not, that's, that's part of the game. I was like, oh, okay, so I understand. So, they, you know, 
he was teaching me the fundamental of football, and like, like every day I kept getting uh, kept getting better, kept getting better at it, and then you know, and then uh, from there on, I football is my passion; it's in my blood, man. I mean, I coached year round, you know, from high school to uh, college, semi pro, and arena football, and I'm actually involved with, with a lot of NFL players as well. Uh, yeah, from playing Pop Warner and I went to play high school. You know, how old were you? How old were you when you started Pop Warner? I was I was about 11, 12 years old. Okay. And you know, again, being uh, being a Southeast Asian kid, we don't understand any sports. You know, what I mean, we're our parents are like yo, you gotta hit the books. You gotta hit the books. You gotta hit the books. Yeah. You know, what I mean, there's no sports. There's no sports in 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 the Southeast Asian family. What what position yeah. did you play? And was that was that the position that the coach tell you kind of guide you or was yeah, there? Yeah, he, like guy, he guided me through it. Uh, yeah, he guided me through it. Um, it's like you're fast and and you can run, so I'm gonna have you play running back. Nice. I didn't know what I didn't know what that was, man. <laughs> they like I didn't even know what a what a two point stance is. I don't even know how to take a, a handoff. Every time I get one, I fumble the ball, and he would yell at me, yell at me, and have me do push up because I you know that's a punishment. Because I fumbled, and I finally figured out wow, how you know to get myself better. And because you know the uh, the other my running back coach said you need to be here at least 15, 20 minutes early to get better before practice starts. And I did that. I walked to practice every day and met up with the coach, and he showed me all the fundamentals being a running back you know, of taking out the handoff or uh, blocking. You know, if a lineman come through the, the hole. To let you know, they teach you how to to block them. And on offense, I played running back, and then on defense, I played linebacker, just because I was a knucklehead and I didn't care who to hit. I hit anybody, <laughs> you know. And that uh, yeah, was a great experience, man. Uh, I loved it ever since. And again, I went to play high school. Uh, play high school, I, I was a running back still. And you know, once I got to the high school. All the upperclassmen, all the seniors, most of the seniors, you know, they kept talking about me. Not in the bad way, but in the good way. It was like, oh, that's that that's the Chinese kid that he can run. He's fast. Oh, oh, that's always a, yeah, it's always the Chinese kid, man. Yeah, that's it's always the Chinese kid. Yeah, it's always the Chinese kid, man. <laughs> but they also said, why is he so dark? <laughs> He's Chinese. Why is he so dark? Because all the Chinese are light skinned. They didn't understand, you know, the Southeast Asian, Asian region where Cambodia and Laos are, are darker than. Indian too, they're darker too. But, you know, before, we're, we're darker. before we get into your high school years, um, tell us a little bit more about your childhood. Like, I mean, coming into a new world, right? Like you said, you just mentioned the weather, right? So, what was your experience as a kid? Like, just seeing the United States, probably witnessing witnessing snow for the first time, freezing temperatures. Uh, did you have any brothers or sisters? Um, um, in, in your family, or you an only child? So tell us just a little bit more uh, about how uh, your experience was coming to the states. Uh, well, we we come up from a big family. Uh, I have seven brothers, six uh, six brothers total. I'm the I'm the so seven of us total, all boys. I'm the third. Wow, one. wow. Yeah, we, you know, they, we came from a big family, and uh, coming here, man. First time was it was scary. It was scary. You know, you're trying to adapt to to a new life and a new society, and First time we felt cold, we didn't know what to, how to act to it. So we just bundled up from 
from blankets to extra socks, extra jackets. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, anything that was given by the Salvation Army, they, you know, we didn't have the money. So any donated clothes, we just put it on and fight for it. You know, oh, it looks cool. So we, me and my brother would fight for it or whatever. And then uh, I remember the first time it snowed, uh, I think like late December. And we didn't know what it was. We thought it was just like, it was like <laughs> a miracle thing. So we took, you know, we, we didn't know any better either. You know, and then we took a cup of snow and put um, like a splash of soda on it, thinking like, you know, it's going to be slush to drink it. So we did that. And we were like, oh, wow, this is amazing. God gave us ice <laughs> instead of, you know, going to buy it in the store. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was, that's the, that was a great time. And, uh, Best time I remember, and also you know, and us being you know Southeast Asian, we're we're small. You know, yeah. the neighborhood kids were picked on us because we're small, and you know we, you know we we got nothing else. You know, we don't have to size, we don't have to height, and it was hard growing up because of that. You know, bully was huge. You know, and uh, we kept getting bullied a lot. You know, it's it's you know the Chinese, uh, you know they, you know they know kung fu. <laughs> That's the thing all the time. Oh, the Chinese know kung fu. Don't don't fuck with them. Or, or you know, and then the older people, or the older kids would would bully us because we're a lot smaller and we're a lot younger, and we couldn't do anything about it because, you know, and then if you cry to your parents, your parents even hitting you more. That's the thing with the Asian family, you know, Asian parents, they're old school Asian parents. Like they're gonna yell at you and hit you more from you know for something that you didn't do, but they're gonna have, why were you there? You know what I mean? Um, and then. And then you know it's uh it's different. I mean it's cool and it's just weird from from everything. We're so used to being the 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 hot environment, and, you know. And it was hard, you know. Like even when I went to school, like kids were eating snacks. I'm first time trying a potato chips. Holy mm. crap! And I was like that was heaven. <laughs> I didn't know how to act to it. I was like, oh, what is this? Yeah. Uh, and then also like drinking a like a, a sip of soda from my from a friend of mine, like a, a juicy juice. Or uh, Capri Sun, yeah. it took a sip. I was like, "Holy shit! What the hell is this? Did you guys? How the hell you get this?" They're like, "Oh, you gotta go buy it." I was like, "Oh, I don't have no money, so I can't." You know, it's, you know, it's yeah. uh, 80, the '80s was tough on us. Yeah, and, and you were, and, and where were you in your in the Seven Brothers? What what? I'm, I'm the third. I'm the third. third. Okay. Yeah, I'm the third. So technically, I'm 46. Uh, I'm 45 i'm sorry in my license i'm 42 okay so you know just when we came here my when we i think we lived when we was in the philippines my parents changed my my uh, uh birthday you know and we don't know like the month was a made-up month yeah. so well that was simple it was my mom my parents like okay you're born january 1st they didn't know what it was yeah are you from so i chrome are you from the yeah. like vietnam Cambodia yeah, border. Yeah. Vietnam, okay. Yeah. So that area, there's like we've had other guests on from there, like Vana, and the documentation and stuff didn't exist too, like birth yeah. certificates. <laughs> yeah, we didn't yeah. know what that was. Yeah, yeah. So if you see a lot of a lot of Khmer Krom or Cambodian people that was born January first, that's all made up. And I was like, God, oh, it's easy. It's all. I was told my my parents told me that it was easy to remember. That's why. Yeah. So, oh, so, my, so was your was your birthday January first? Is that what it is? Is that what you're saying? Well, in the document, yes. Really? <laughs> your 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 legal government issued says one one, it, huh? 
Yeah, one uh, one. Yeah, okay. it's common. It's common because it's, because it's easy to remember. Yeah. So yeah. most of my most of my uh, my two older brother, you know, they they wasn't born here either. So theirs is three one or four one, for example. You know. So even my dad, my dad is like eleven one. He just is like, <laughs> wow. <okay. laughs> the best thing to, to to remember is the one. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So you huh? so you started playing in high school. Um, tell us two things because at that time, you know, Lowell Lynn, north of Boston, there were a lot of gangs. And when you when you were going the other path, was there like a lot of pressure by people to say, "Hey, don't you know what are you doing out there? Come with us." And yeah, yeah, it was it was tough going out to the high school, you know, and then it was, gang gang was huge here in, in Lynn. Uh, you know, you got the Bloods, the Crips, and uh, and you know, so on. And you know, a lot of Asian kids would uh, join gangs. Like I, I was just different. You know, I want to be different. You know, I just don't. I just don't want to be a a color. You know, I don't want to be red or black or green or whatever. You know, and uh, like like I said, the, going back to the girl I used to date, she was like, "You need to continue on. You need to better yourself. Stay away from those guys." You know, from there day on, um, I became. You know, I, I start. I played as a freshman on a varsity team, just because you know I, I worked hard and I pushed myself to the limit. Where, you know, I'm, I don't want to stand on the sideline because stand on the sideline is boring, and be a, being a water boy to the varsity players are boring. You know, and, and I kept telling my coaches, "Listen, I don't want to stand here. They put put me on a special team." Put me on a special team. That's where it all started. You know, it's it's uh, it's a competition. You know, you gotta, you got to go to practice every day to work harder than the guys that's next to you, and every day is a competition. You know, and regardless if the guy is a starter at a varsity level, you still got to compete against them, even though you know you're not gonna get the spot, but you want to get in somewhere. And uh, yeah, it it was tough. You know, it. Uh, I remember one day when I was at a football practice and a gang of Asian kids was sitting on the bleacher waiting to jump me because I didn't want to join their gang, you know, and uh, so my my head coach uh, stopped practice. You know, he asked me, go, Ross, are those kids there for you? Are they your friend? I was like, no, they're here to jump me after practice because I didn't want to join their gang. And so what he did was he stopped practice and he walked, I think about 70-something football players walk up to the bleacher where the, those guys was just hanging out, uh, you know, and then, so we walk up there, the coach said, you got to, which one of you guys have a problem with Ross? And they, they all said, oh, we don't have a problem with you guys. We, we do have a problem with Ross because he don't want to join my gang. And then, so one of my coach was, uh, was a state trooper and he, t- he, he just, you, I'll see you later. You, I'll see you later. You know, he know, he knows all of them. And then, uh, my other coach was a correctional officer. And he said, you know, he, he said, if any of you guys touch Raj, I'll see you in Middleton. Middleton's a county jail here in, in the Lynn area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then they, and they kept threatening, threatening, and, and, and threatening is going to be gone so much. And then that was it. I mean, they never bothered me again. And uh, to this day, I thank my head coach there, you know, he uh, for stepping up and stopping practice, you know, to let him know that. You know, it, gang life ain't about everything. You know, football gang is great. That's, you know, it's a green iron gang and it's a, it's a family atmosphere, you know. And, you know, the older guys will help you, guide you to 
to the right direction, you know, so this way we can be a better person you know, as we go on to our sophomore year, junior years, and senior year. Yeah, so tell us yeah. about your biggest accomplishments in high school and then the recruiting process and going on to college. Uh, my biggest accomplishment was, you know, to, to start, to be a starting running back. And and it, and it did happen uh, by because my the, the starting running back got hurt. He blew up his ACL, and I was his backup. And then uh, from there on, I did, I never looked back. You know when when he uh, you know I, at practice I run hard. At you know after practice do conditioning I run hard, regardless if I was dying or not. I still run hard. Um, and then from there on, uh, from there on, my senior year, I was selected captains. And then after I select was selected captain, I started recruiting all the Asian kids in the in the school. You know, I uh, I told them I was like, listen, you can get rid of this. You get rid of the gang life, the color life. That's that's not for you. And you know, if they say you're they're your brother to the end, like what happened if you died or you go to jail? They they're not gonna visit you. They can play football. Come play football. Come play with me. Let's represent us. You know, let's let's represent us. Let's change the image of you know, you know, of the Asian kids are all gang members. Let's change that image. And I got, I got, I got there. I got about seven of them came out to play, and they they enjoyed it. They enjoyed, it, but they didn't last because they, they didn't like to get hit. And I love to get hit. Well, I love to hit, run them over. That's the thing. Um, so my senior year, like I said, I, I became a captain, uh, and then I became a, an all star. And that was that was a, that was a great accomplishment. By, you know, that was that was my biggest goal was to be the captain of the team and um, you know be and also make it an all star. And from there on, uh, I kept getting letters from colleges. You know, or come uh, we're gonna come. You should come to a recruitment night. Go to uh, you know come to recruit night with us. And I did. And uh, at first, I was gonna. I got. I went to Rex uh, Rick's College out in Idaho. Now it's BYU Idaho, and you know I went out there to check it out. Got scholarship from them, you know, and uh, then I went out to BYU Utah, you know, to see how it's like to be at the D one uh, uh, level. And you know, me coming from a small school and you know going to D one, it was a it was a big change, and you know I got hit so hard I never I never went back because it was so different. You know, all those guys, they, they played at, the, like, level people's out. And, and I couldn't take the hit anymore, so I, I left. I came back to Mass. And um, so I came back to Mass and just, you know, just kept working out, kept working out. And then I got a call from from a, a college called Mount Ida College out in Newton, Mass. It's uh, a little bit outside of Boston. And, you know, he, the, the coach said, you know, they, they're going to start a program in 1998. And he would love for me to play because he heard all about me and um, as a running back and as a player. And, and I did. I did. And I went out there, you know, I checked out the program. I went there. You know, I, I tried out and everything else. And then I got a scholarship to play football from from them, too. Even though they did not beat uh, D3, they're not supposed to give up scholarship. But the coach didn't care. He was like, yeah, here's the money. Put it somewhere else towards school and they have to call it something else. They call it like leadership or yeah, they yeah, find ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any ways that they don't get caught. You know what I mean? They I actually was calling my allowance. That's what it was. 
he's like, here's a fifteen thousand dollar allowance. Yeah, they they figure thing. something out. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, from there on, man, I I played yeah at Mountain Rider College, and then and then the head coach left because he got a better offer to go to another school, and I now the, the new head coach didn't like me, but, and then I was like, oh man, I'm not gonna sit on the bench, but I sucked it up for a year, you know what I mean? I sucked it up because I'm not gonna be a you know a poor poor athlete. I did whatever he asked me to do, and then the following year I transferred to, U- to UMass Boston, and I played it too. I played uh, running back as well, and then um, from there on, I mean, and then the program they shut the program down because they want to do a diverse of women's sport, a woman and men's sport. You know, a lot of program are getting rid of the football program because of that. Uh, from there on, I didn't know what to do after that, you know, and then. Uh, so one of my friends gave me an idea. Why don't you go play arena ball? You're still young. I was like, I, I don't know, getting hit, you know, like a million miles per hour and, and on a basketball court. And, you know, I, I gave it my, I gave it a shot. I went to try out for the, uh, at the time it was New Jersey Gladiators. You know, I, I, again, I couldn't take the hit. I just like, no, oh, this is not for me. And I want to be able to walk the next day and not, not, you know, crying the next day. Uh, from there, and then uh, a couple of guys, you know, who I used to play high school ball with, they they were playing semi-pro in my area. And they're like, oh, why don't you come play semi-pro with us? You still got the, uh, you know, you still got the drive and you're still young and, you know, full of energy. Come play semi-pro. And I gave it a shot. I mean, big mistake. You know, you got to wake up and go to work the next day. I mean, I would never do it again. You know, semi-pro is crazy because they got to pay to play. And, mm-hmm. and then from there on, I'm like, oh, now I got to do something about this. So I, I went to I went to coach uh, uh Western Part One program, and you know, and I coached the way. What, what made you decide? What made you decide to like? Okay, I want to coach. What What was that moment in your it, life where you felt like, okay, I'm going to make this transition? Well, it's giving back, man. It's giving back huh. was huge. It was was one of my was one of my main goal was when I'm I said, want to say hi? Hello. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's uh, I look back. The reason why I wanted a coach because the guy that, that gave me the opportunity to to play or took me off the street. I mean, uh, he was my huge mentor, you know. And uh, you know, he was like, "Wow, you coach? You play anymore?" I was like, "No, I'm all done." He goes, "Oh, why don't you coach with me?" So from there on, I just started. Co- I coached for a few years. You know, I was. I was a hard knock coach, you know. I yell and I scream, but I at first I gotta fix your mistakes first. You know, I fixed my playing mistakes first, and you fucked up again. And now you start yelling. So from there on, a lot of the private school here in my city heard about me, how you know the way I coach and stuff, how how my energy was. So he's like, "Oh, why don't you come coach my uh, my junior varsity program?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." He's like, he's like, "You're gonna get paid." I was like, "Whoa, I'm gonna get paid for coach." <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Come in. When do I start? They're like, oh, he's like, you know, you can start in a couple of weeks when we do our OTA stuff. And then, you know, I've been coaching at a high school level for since uh, since '03. Uh, you know, that man there uh, gave me an opportunity, and I never forget him either. So every now and then, I would call him up, you know, and then we'll meet up and we'll do football talk. You know, nothing crazy, just all football talk. And then sometime. We're thinking about what if, what if, you know, what if we coach again together? I was like, that'd be awesome. 
But him and I, we won the high school championship uh, in in 05 here in Mass. Wow. Uh, that was a great accomplishment, too. I mean, get, getting the ring, yeah. Yeah, and uh, from there on, I've just been coaching ever since, man. Uh, I helped run football clinics to, to the city. I also, uh, a buddy of mine who's an NFL agent where him and I run a football clinic as well. And also, I trained uh, a couple NFL guys, too, and and former NFL guys that I still keep in contact with. And you know, I also coach with a former NFL player as well with the women's team. And I enjoy every moment of it, man. I would not look back. I'm going to just keep going. Full steam ahead. Yeah. So and, you got to tell us about the women's league and the team because, honest, Co and I were talking. We didn't really know it even existed, and it sounds really cool. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the women's team existed since uh, 2001, uh, which is different lead. You know, now that uh, they have the Women Football Alliance, that's the lead that's that most recognizable, you know. And uh, I was with them 2016, and, you know, I coached Patrick Pass with a uh, National Spring Football League. That was uh, the men um, pay lead for spring. That We play all over the country, too, and... You know, he's like, Ross, why don't you go coach the women's team since you're not doing any in the spring? I was like, I know, I don't know. I think about it. Let me ask my wife first. What she think about it? <laughs> you know, when I first told her, when I told her, she goes, what? You coach a women's team? <laughs> I was like, yeah, the women's team. They, they play football. They're like, no way. Women don't play football. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they, they play football too. You know, and uh, in 2016, I went. I, I gave it, you know, I didn't know, at first, I didn't know how to approach them. Well, how am I going to coach these women versus they're coaching men? You well, know? and then uh, and I asked one of my um, a former player who plays uh college ball for me. He go coach, just coach them the way you coach us. You swear at them, you yell at them. I was like, all right, say no more. You know, and, uh, so I coached the Boston, the Boston uh, Renegades, the women's team here in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go hold me. Come, Papa, busy right now. We'll put your jacket on. Chill over here. Sorry, guys. No, that's all good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go inside. Go with mommy. All right. So yeah, I mean, I I still I coached with them since 2016. Um, you know, we we won we went to the Super Bowl, but we lost to Dallas. Dallas is a different breed. You know, football and everything. Uh, you know, I continue on. Uh. Just, just so our, just so our viewers can know, how many teams were in the league? Uh, w, WFA has about sixty-five teams throughout the country, but oh. they're all in different tiers. You know, we're we're in tier one where we're the best. Oh, you know, okay. you know, it's like it's oh, like a college okay. level. It's like a you know, it's like a college level. D one, D two, D three. We're yep. D one, like the minor leagues yeah. and the majors or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So we got uh, we got. We have international players too. We had a, a running back. She's from England, and another one is from Finland, and a couple from Germany. The uh, the one from England, she is fast, and the one from uh, Finland, she's a train wreck. That's, that's actually her nickname because huh. she just bowled those people over. And uh, yeah, I enjoy coaching women. It's different. It's different because you know they listen better. That's all. They listen better because they don't know it all. You know, like when I coach the men, uh, the men for like 15 years, you know, it's, I get the I know, I know. I'm like, no, you don't fucking know. You keep fucking up. 
And you know, and then they they came with the uh, well, what division ball did you play? I'm like, oh Jesus Christ! You know, it's not about the vision. It's all about you know knowing, accepting that you're wrong of what you did. You know, and uh, and with them, like I text you, uh, message you the other day. Like I won four. I have four rings with them. You know, and actually this year was I didn't coach them this year because I I moved on to coach the uh, pro arena team. And that was a huge compliment. That's a, a professional uh, level. You know, I was getting paid. I wasn't getting paid to coach a women's team. I had to do it because you know, I love football and it's uh, out of my heart. And it was my passion. Yeah. You know, and, and um, you know, I'm still, I still coach high school. Uh, you know, the high school is like 15, 20 minutes from my house right now. Um, I mean, I, I enjoy every moment of it. Like if I'm not coaching, I'm refereeing football. That's the thing. So I do a little both. I double dip here and there. So what level so, do you ref? Is it high school or what level do you ref? I I uh, I ref the high school uh, semi pro and D three football. Oh, oh nice. Are you, familiar, so, are you familiar with Low Van Fam? Have you heard of I'm him? I'm sorry. What's that? I was wondering. Are you familiar with Low Van Fam? If you had ever heard of him, he's a he's a referee. Uh, in the NFL. NFL. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, I heard of the Vietnamese guy. Yeah, La- he's born in Laos. Laos. Oh, yeah. He's Laos? Well, he's ethnically Vietnamese, but from Laos and Pak Se, where he's from, there's a large like a oh, Viet- okay. community. You know, these the people moved around and what have you. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's actually from Laos originally. Grew up in the same neighborhood as my wife. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was, well, was we like claim, in, we claim yeah. him, Laos. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> you born in Laos? Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he got on the NFL last uh, last year, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he right before that, the right USFL. before that, he was in the USFL that, yeah. uh, for, just yeah, for a season. And then he transi- transitioned over to NFL. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's right. loving it. I, I talk to him every once in a while. We interviewed him before the whole NFL thing. And yeah. uh, so it was just really cool. Really proud of him. See, the um, thing is now, like, I can't do T- D- uh, D2 or D3. I meant D1 because they got an age limit and a height requirement. Oh. So me being self from Southeast Asia, I'm not six feet tall or anything like that. You know, I'm only 5'6", man, but. What no, to, to be a ref? Yeah, Lowe's 5'10", I think. 5'9", 5'10". Yeah, yeah. He's actually tall. Yeah. Because you can't see, right? They'll right. see there's a 6'5", okay. yeah, yeah. you know, lineman in yeah, front right. of you. And, yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, that's why when I, when I went to play college ball and I told them I played linebacker, and they said, no, no, no. You can't <laughs> see the field. I was like, yeah. all right, that's fine. I'll stick to running back. Yeah, cool. Man. Well, man. Tell, tell us – um. Like, what would be your whether whether it's a player as, as a kid, as a father, as a coach? What is your is your proudest moments? Well, my proudest moment, man, it's just to see the kids come back. And say, hey, coach, you know, I succeed. You know, thank you. That's the biggest. You know, that's my proudest moment. But my mm-hmm. biggest biggest goal that I had was I became a head coach at a high school, not too far from where I live now, and. You know, and and that was my biggest achievement there. Other than winning the championship, being a head coach was great. You know, I don't do it anymore because it's it's a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of work. You got to deal with a lot, a lot of parents. You got to deal with uh, teachers. You got you know the players. Everything falls on you. You know, and the program that I was head coach for, you know, some kids that come to school or come to practice, you know, they. They don't have the money to eat the night before. Or they don't have the money to eat lunch, you know. And what am I supposed to do? You know, at at time where 
I don't know, hopefully my wife is not listening, but at a time where I'd say, okay, let's go buy some food for your family. When it comes out of my pockets, you know, that program there where I, you know, I'm a broke coach after the season's over because I put so much money onto the, to the kids, you know, and, and instead of making money, my money is gone and I, it's negative, even though I got paid, you know, that's, uh, but, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's, you know, I'm just glad the kids come back. So, you know, coach, you know, thank you for everything. You know, it was, if it wasn't for you, you know, I don't know where I'd be at, you know, and, you know, you gotta, as a coach, you, you know, you gotta guide them to the right direction, be, be a father figure role and, and, you know, support them in any way as possible, you know, and be a, be a, you know, a great influence and a great model to them was, was a, was a, you know, was my biggest thing. And I keep telling my player, listen, don't be a stranger, you know. I don't care where you I don't care what time of day or time of night. You know, if you need something, you let me know. You know. Well, I get a lot of like now that a lot of them are adults now, you know, they still call me coach, which is huge, you know. They they still respect you if they call you that. You know, if they uh they come back by call you by your first name or whatever. I mean, not that I care, but it's more respectable if a player, a former player come back and just say, Hey coach Raj, what's up? You know, that's huge. Or they just shoot me a text and say, hey, Coach Raj, you know, that's 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 a plus to me, man. Let's put a smile on my face. Every time I see a kid, you know, just shoot me a text and, you know, just let me know about their life and, you know, outside after after high school or, you know, and I'm great, too, to see former players coaching, too, as well, you know, and, you know, they they give back what when I, you know, what I give them back, you know, they mm-hmm. – do the same things I do, you know, and, and they also ask questions. You know, I, I I tell them, listen, I'm not Belichick, but I'll I'll give you an answer. I don't have the NFL record money, but I'll give you an answer. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So I mean, so you're coaching in the Arena League. Um, what do you see yourself doing here in the next this season, this year, and the and the next couple years? Uh. You know, it's it's hard to tell. You know, I keep telling myself that I need to stop and slow down. You know, I, I have a family now. You know, I think I'm, I I would say I'll give myself a couple more years and I think I'm done coaching and reffing because now I want to see my kids go into sports. You know, with me being so busy year-round with football and, you know, I, I don't have, you know, I want to see my kids grow and, and you know, to, to be an athlete or to be successful. You know, I don't want to be that dad where, well, you were home, but you wasn't there. You know what I mean? I mean, I thank God I have both parents, you know, but they wasn't there for to support me. You know, every time I remember my mom always said, you know, you're so small and every time you come home, you complain that you're hurt and everything else. Why don't you quit? I was like, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going. You know, and then I break a bone here and there. My mom's always say, you know, won't you quit? You always breaking bones here and there. I was like, my, it's both. You know, hey, it's going to happen. I mean, injury is going to happen. You know, it's it's just how you move on after that. You know, I just continue playing. I never gave up. And, you know, they just my passion, man. I have passion for football. Man, I would love, I would love to, to, to you know, that, the Southeast Asian sport game that they do there every year. I would love to see if they could put football out there. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't see it happening. They have a lot of other sports. We were just there yeah. with the contingent allow American athletes, but no football. 
I don't think there's enough players. Um, maybe one day. So <laughs> that would that would be cool for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. Hey, man. Great, great story. I love I loved hearing about you know your childhood and and I love hearing your passion for football. Um, and especially that, that giving back part, right? You got to give, if you want it, you know, that's oh, yeah. to yeah. me giving back. I mean, I, I won shows like as a competitor. So I, I got, but yeah, my, my accomplishments were like more like when I, you know, when I gave back, when I, you know, like that giving part, you know, mm-hmm. um, what type of advice do you have for people, you know, a young kid, man, who has, who has a passion for, whatever it may be in life, you know, playing music, football, you know, being a doctor, what type of advice do you uh, give for someone who's like, you know, I, want to follow their passion? I, I keep telling them, you know, just pursue it. Only you can make it happen. You know, you know, it's like no one's going to do it for you. You know, just, you know, you got to set your own goals and achieve it. You know, let the negative, you know, don't listen to the negative. Take the negative and turn it into a positive. You know, just like I said, but with, with my parents, you know, my mom, you know, you you're always getting hurt. Why don't you quit? I never quit. I came back for more. <laughs> and you know, even even like today, and I, I have friends that's like, why are you always running free clinics? Why? Why you know, you gotta make money. I was like, money ain't about everything. It's happiness, it's everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you know yeah. if, if I if I see a kid going home saying I had a good time. Thanks for teaching me. And, you know, I learned a lot today. That's my happiness right there. You know, and uh, with all these kids, you know, they have you know, ambition to do whatever they're doing, man. Just chase them. Go after it. And keep working hard. You know, don't, you know, don't give up. You know, you, you, you got to set your own goal. You got to make that goal happen. You know, my goal was to, you know, when I was playing, my goal was to be somebody today. You know, and I became somebody today. Not, you know, I became a father, I became a coach, a mentor, and, and you know, and uh, you know, it's a blessing. It's a blessing, man. It's a blessing to see a smile, put a, put a smile on a kid's face. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, that's good, man. So we really appreciate it. So last thing before we, uh, before we part here, as the NFL season kicks off, we know you're a big 49ers fan. How are they going to do this year? I think they're gonna be mediocre this year. They're gonna probably gonna go. Uh, my guess would be eight, eight and seven, nine. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, McDaniel's um, not a head coach material. You know, he's he's not tough enough. Yes, he's a great OC, but he's not tough enough to be a head coach. Yeah. You know, that's just my opinion. They they gotta go a little above above five hundred. First there round of the playoffs. All right, you heard it, folks. Right from Coach Rossi, 49ers. <laughs> 50-50 this year, 500 season. We'll see how they how they do. Well, hey, well, well, let me, yeah, ask, you, ahead, let me ask you this. We're talking. Let me ask you. Well, what do you think of Rodgers and the Jets? Well, what are your thoughts on the Jets? He's going to be another another Brett Favre. What do you think he's going to stay for one year, then go to Minnesota? <laughs> no, no, he wouldn't go to Minnesota. I'm just saying. Well, well, that, well that's what a... Favre did. Favre went. Remember, Favre went to Jets. <laughs> right, right. I, I I think he's going to stay here for a couple more years, and then. Oh. And he's gonna float around after that. And he's gonna retire. Give him a few more years. Yeah. You know, football don't last forever, man. You just play it, play it day by day. That's why the coaching aspect. I couldn't lift. I couldn't be a competitive bodybuilder forever, right? And like, right. I'm coaching. It's that giving back, man. Right. I, I got more joy, like you say, man. People thanking you. People saying they 
you know, you change their life and, and, you know, and it's just that that's more rewarding for me. You know, oh, when yeah, I competed, time. when I competed, I was more like, it was ego driven. You know, it was, I was, <laughs> it was for my ego. I needed to win, yeah. win, win. All about me. No, I, was, uh. I, I coached to change the image of, of us Asian, you know, where Asians are book smart or Asian only do this, Asian do that. Man, there's more to that, you know. And yeah. I'm, I'm trying to change that image, man. It's, it's you know, it's, uh, I know, so I also, like, I got, I, the guys I used to play high school football with, I was like, man, why don't you go coach football? Well, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. And why are you here watching son practice? Go fucking coach. I mean, yeah. they, they always ask, how do you do it? I was like, listen, man, it's just, you got to have it in your heart. You know, it's a, your heart and desire. You know, you got a heart for the game. You know, you love the game, desire to coach and desire to give back. That's how I look at it, you know. And, uh, man, it's time for everything, man. You got to make time. Time management is very important. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be, like I said, don't be like that father where, you know, be like, you're there, but you wasn't there for me. You know, I don't want to be that father where my kids said, yeah, you were there, but you was never there. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's a big sacrifice, though. Like I said, because, you know, coaching high school football, you don't get to eat dinner with your family. You're practicing with the team right. in the evening. Then Friday nights are gone, right? I mean, right. and uh, so, yeah, big sacrifice. So we, you know, we admire what you're doing, you know. Um, we proved that. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Co, anything else for Rossi before we wrap up? Oh, man, I, I've enjoyed this conversation, man. It's, it's been great. I really thank you for coming on, man. And all the best, you know, best of luck to you in the future, you, your family, you know, a lot of success and, and happiness, man. Yeah. Right, thank you, brother. Yeah. So appreciate it, Rossi. Appreciate it, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. Be sure to share the show. Share it with your friends. Give us those five-star reviews on Apple or Spotify. And uh, subscribe on YouTube if, if you wouldn't mind. With does, that, does the little guy, the little guy, want to say something? Yeah, first want to say something. He, to him? Okay, hey, do, you, do you like football? You play oh, yeah, football? He wants to play. He wants to play. <laughs> Every right. time I'm about to leave the house, he's like, "You going to football?" I was like, "Yeah." He go, "I want to go." I was like, "Oh no." Well, maybe in a few years, a few years yeah, we'll have he, him on. So there you go. Well, cool. have, have, have him on camera saying thank you for watching. Thank you for the C4 Podcast. Thank you for watching the podcast. He's being sorry. Yeah, it's okay. All right. All right. Well, well, thank you, everybody. We're we're out. Okay, guys. The C4 Podcast is brought to you by the Lao American Sports Hall of Fame. Visit us on the web at laoamericansports.com, celebrating the first, inspiring the next.